0: Thank you for joining Sumpter Chapel's weekly podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and speaks life to your spirit. As always, we pray that this podcast will further God's kingdom by seeing one more made new. Now, let's get started with today's message. This morning, um, we are, of course, celebrating the resurrection um, of our Savior, and the biggest part of it that I think sometimes we miss is that it was a surprise. That it was a surprise to those who experienced it, right? And so whatever story you shared or whatever thing you thought of that dealt with a surprise in your life, um, this is similar to that. Think about those emotions. Think about that feeling of being surprised and apply it to this morning. So last week uh, we actually had to cancel because of the tornadoes and stuff. But last week, the story was leading up to today, right? So last week, the story was out of Matthew 27. And if you um, don't follow us online, you can follow us online on social media. And you always get updates about what we're reading that week, what passages of the Bible. And you can read along with us. I encourage you to do that. That's the best way to get to know God is to read um, the Bible. So in Matthew 27, the story goes on to talk about Jesus from when he was betrayed all the way up to when he was buried. So that's where we left off, right? Jesus, at this point in the story that we're picking up today, Jesus had gone through a a horrendous time, just a a horrendous torture, beating. Um, He had to carry his own torture device across. That's how the Romans did it they beat you within an inch of your life, and then they forced you to carry a big, heavy, wooden cross all the way up a mountain outside of town, right? And the people who are in the story today were in that story last week, and they watched all of these scenes. They watched every single one of these scenes. They watched Jesus as he was condemned. They watched Jesus as he was tortured and beaten. They walked alongside with the crowd as Jesus carried his cross all the way to the top of the mountain. And they helped get him down from the cross. They helped get him down from the cross and put him into the tomb. So today we pick up in a very specific place of the story. We pick up where the, the people who had watched Jesus go through everything that he went through, are now dealing with that, right? And the male disciples, the male disciples um, were completely thrown off. They were completely thrown off. They didn't know what to do. This guy, Jesus, that they had given up their entire life for, had now been convicted by the government that they were under and executed by that government. So these disciples had given up jobs and families, everything they had known, had, had traveled the country with Jesus for three years, and now he's gone. This Jesus who said he was God and who said he would be the savior of his people, which they assumed meant he was going to rescue them out of Roman captivity, meaning the Roman government was holding the Jewish people enslaved, basically with taxes and other things, but they were forcing them into subjugation, and they expected Jesus the Messiah to conquer Rome, to make the Jewish people in charge again, and Jesus gets convicted by this government, doesn't conquer it, and then he gets put to death, and now he's buried in a tomb, he's dead, and these guys are having to reconcile our Messiah is dead, The person we thought was going to take care of this horrendous situation in our life, this subjugation to the Romans, is dead. He's gone. So they would have been just in despair. The women, we learn, if you read in Mark 16, which is where we are today, the women do what they would have always done. They wait for the Sabbath to end because the Jews celebrated this idea of a Sabbath where they didn't work for an entire 24-hour period. It started right after they buried Jesus, the Sabbath did, so they had to go and rest. They couldn't do any work, and it was going to end Saturday evening. So the women were waiting for Saturday evening, because they knew at that point they could go get everything they needed to then go care for the body the next morning. They weren't able to care for Jesus' body yet. They just had to go lay it in a tomb and leave it, which was completely unusual for Jewish people. They had all of these burial traditions, all of these ways to honor the dead and to care for the dead body. And the women weren't able to do it because of the Sabbath, so now they're waiting. They're waiting to go care for the body. And so they get all of that together on Saturday night, and they say, first thing in the morning, tomorrow morning, we'll go care for the body. Now, the male disciples are still scared for their life. They've scattered. They've gone away because they're afraid we're attached to Jesus. People know that we were following him. If they killed our leader, they'll come kill us, too. Like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they hang us, too? to get rid of all of the insurrectionists, all of the people trying to overthrow the Roman government. So they had run. But the women, because that society was the way it was, were able to do things that sometimes men weren't able to do. They were able to move in ways that sometimes men weren't able to move. And sometimes we look down on how women were treated during that day, but it actually provided these women an advantage. It allowed them to go places that their male counterparts couldn't have gone without getting arrested. It allowed them to go to the tomb, the very site of the dead man who was being condemned of trying to overthrow the government. It allowed the women to go because the Romans didn't respect women. And as much as that sounds horrendous, it was an advantage for them this day because these Jewish women got to wake up on Sunday and head to that tomb. And you know what they were talking about on the way to the tomb? How do we move the giant rock? Because they don't bury people like we bury people today, right, where we dig holes and stick them in the, bottom, in the hole in a casket, right? They buried people in caves, and, and because Jesus was so controversial, the Romans wanted to make sure none of his followers would do something crazy, so they rolled this gigantic stone in front of the entryway, and then they sealed it shut, so that no one could get in unless they let them in. So the women are on the way wanting to care for the body in the way they would have always cared for dead bodies as Jewish women. One of them, Jesus' mother, she wants to care for the body of her son, her firstborn son that's dead now. And they're talking about how are we gonna move this stone away? That's their concern. How are we gonna move the stone away? See, the women were expecting to show up and find what they had seen just two days before, a dead body, right? And yet when they show up, when the women show up at the tomb that morning, the stone has been moved, they walk right in, there's no body, there's no dead body, but there's this young man sitting there where the body was, he's dressed in white, and he looks at them and he says, don't be scared, don't be confused, I know who you're looking for, you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified and buried here just two days ago, but he's not here anymore. He has risen from the dead, he has conquered death, he is alive, and he told you he would do this, remember? And so go tell the other disciples, go find the disciples that are scared and nervous and running for their own lives and go tell them He did what he said he was going to do, and he'll see you in Galilee. He'll see you in the countryside where he told you he'd meet you. And the story in Mark here says the women left completely afraid and bewildered, confused. They didn't know what to do, they didn't go tell anyone anything. That's where Mark's gospel leaves off. There's a couple endings, if you read in your Bible, that were added later, but. But as far as we know, that's where Mark's gospel leaves off the story. We get three other gospel accounts that talk about actually people seeing Jesus after he'd risen. But this story, the story Mark tells, is of the women coming to the tomb to care for the dead body and the unexpected moment of finding no dead body, but finding that their Messiah had done exactly what he said he would do, rise from the grave. That their God had shown up as a human, had put on flesh, had become like them, had taken on all of the burden and, and detriment of sin upon himself. All of the punishment that sin causes in humanity. The death that it creates for us. He took it all on himself, experienced all of that, and then did what only God could do, defeated it, overcame it, and rose to new life. Now, don't be confused. Jesus isn't the only person in the scriptures that was resurrected. We have stories of resurrection in the Old Testament. In fact, Jesus himself raised Lazarus from the dead. In fact, last week's story, if you read in Matthew 27, it says the moment he died, the curtain tore in the temple and people resurrected. Dead people started walking around the city of Jerusalem. They were alive again. See, it's not just the fact that Jesus rose again. We already knew about resurrection. That's not new if you're reading the scripture. But when you get to this point in the story, the reality is this isn't just any man being resurrected. This isn't just any person coming back to life. This is the God of all creation who actually oversaw, reigned over the world, subjected himself, willingly subjected himself to the limitations of a human body, and then even more so subjected himself to the penalty of death that only thieves and criminals and sinners deserve. Not a holy God. Not a perfect God. Not a loving God. He didn't deserve this. We deserved this. And he subjected himself to it so that, that wasn't the end, it wasn't the end, so that he could overcome it. So that it could be conquered. So that he could return us, creation, his people, the people he loves, back to the place he always desired us to be. Back to the story of the garden, the original intention for creation that we would be able to walk freely into his presence and know him on a personal la- level to be able to call him daddy or Abba or father. Not some God who's distant and out there but a personal God who knows me and cares for me and wants the best for me. He, he rose again because he knew what that would do. It would overcome the penalty and the consequences of sin and death in our lives. That's why he did this. He did this because he wanted to tell us a new story. See, most of your life, you've probably heard stories like I've heard, or your story has probably followed a similar story to what my fo- story followed, and that was the story of mistakes and mess And pain and death and brokenness, whether you caused it or someone caused it in your life, there's a place in your life that's a tomb for you. Maybe your whole life up until this point has been a tomb for you. It's a place of death and burial, it's a a place of mourning and suffering. It's not a place of excitement and joy, it's not a place that you celebrate. And so every time you go back to that place, whatever place that is for you, whatever pain or brokenness that is for you, whether it was done to you or you've done it to someone else, every time you go to that place in your mind, you're going to mourn the death. That's why you're going. You're remembering it because of the pain and the brokenness. And what the story of the resurrection tells us is that as much as that is true in humanity still today, sin and brokenness are true that God has done something new to bring about something that was old back into existence which was the conquering of that sin and that death and that tomb and that as you go back to that place whatever place that is for you as you deal with whatever difficulty it is that that you experience when you think about those things that the truth is you today on the other side of Jesus' resurrection is that God desires to do an unexpected work of bringing new life out of that death. God actually wants you to show up to that place that you expect to feel pain and brokenness and hurt and death again like you've done every time you've gone there and he wants to redeem it, meaning take it and change it and transform it and now make it a place of new life of new beginning. He wants to rewrite the story of your life just like he rewrote the story of humanity through Jesus. He wants to write a new story, to tell a new tale of how that thing, whatever it is, or those things, those sins, that desire, those things that have you've given into and have overcome you, no longer have to overcome you. And so you may have shown up today, like the women showed up at the tomb all those years ago out of just obligation, out of just the feeling of this is what we do. We show up to church on Easter. The women were going to the tomb because that's what they did. They showed up to the tomb to care for the body. That's what you do. But God had a different plan when they showed up just to do the normal everyday thing. So you may have shown up today and you may have shown up Because that's what you do in the South. You go to church on Easter. (laughs) We come from a fairly churched culture. Although you may have shown up and you know nothing about the actual story of Jesus. You really don't know anything about the Bible. All you've heard are what the media or what you get perceptions of from the culture around you. You've never actually interacted with Jesus. You've never actually heard God speak into your life. You've never actually experienced the presence of God in your life. You may find yourself in one of those two places where it's old hat, you've heard this before, you've never seen anything change, so why do you believe it now? Or you've never heard it. But either way, you may have shown up today and didn't expect anything to happen, yet God had a different plan. God has a different plan for your life. He has a different story to write through you into this world. He wants people to be able to read about his love and his redemption through you, in your life, in your story that you tell. He wants you to tell a story of being freed from addiction, of overcoming the brokenness of relationships that have gone bad and yet now have been healed of seeing miracles in your life that can't be explained other than the supernatural showing up. It's not something you can explain away with science. We appreciate science as Christians. We love the advances of science. But there are things that are beyond science. There are things that are supernatural that explain science. that are above science. We know this to be true. What area in your life this morning... Where are you in your life that it's a tomb for you, that you go to that place and it's death and it's pain and where Jesus needs to resurrect it to new life? Maybe it's all of it, right? Like I said, maybe it's the first time you've come into a place where you are understanding more of who Jesus is And it's the beginning of a new story for you. That's what we're celebrating this morning with Sarah in baptism. We're celebrating the beginning of a new story. This was my old story. Now this is my new story because Jesus has shown up and changed me and is beginning this process of just transforming me into a brand new person, a new human. Maybe you've been following Jesus it's not news to you that Jesus rose again but there are still areas in your life that you continue to try to keep closed off with a stone and keep them hidden. A popular artist right now, Lauren Daigle, sings this amazing called, a song called Still Rolling Stones. God is still rolling away stones and he wants to open up the most difficult areas of your life so that Not just so that he can bring you more pain. The pain's already there so that he can actually bring you healing. But he can't heal it if you don't deal with the pain. If you don't deal with the brokenness and the sin that's been caused in your life and that you've caused and you don't admit that before him and lay that before him, that's the idea of confession, then he can't heal you. Just like if you don't show your wounds to a doctor, the doctor can't do anything to your wounds. If you don't ever go see the person who can heal you and show them the wound, they can't do anything about it. And the same is true for our God. So this morning, this morning as we've gathered and talked about the surprises in our own life, as we've talked about the story of surprise in the life of these women who went to the tomb, I ask you to consider what sort of surprise God might have for you this morning. Where in your life this morning is he asking you to find new life? Is he asking you to give up what you've been holding on to that's causing death and take hold of a new story in your life that's a story of redemption, a story of transformation, a story of hope, a story of peace that shouldn't even make sense because everything in your life is chaos, a story of joy, and you don't know where it's coming from, all you can explain it is it's coming from God because there's so much difficulty going on in your life. A story, a story of life, even though all you've experienced up until this point is death. Where in, in your story, in your life today, is God calling you to make that transition, to turn that page, to start over, to allow God to write a new story? He's going to tell through you to your family, to your friends, to your co workers, to your classmates, to your community, to this world. He's going to share the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ through you. Just like he did through the women who we learn about in other gospels. They would go tell people, they would go find the disciples. Mark may leave us at a point where they're not yet, but. But we know the story didn't end there. They go tell other people. And they proclaim the news that Jesus has risen and death is conquered and we no longer have to live in defeat and sin. We can overcome the things in this world that seem to be overcoming us. You need to hear this message this morning God loves you. And He loves you so much that He was willing to die for you, but He doesn't want that to be the end. He wants you to experience new life, but it's going to require you to die as well. To die to your sin and your plans and your understanding of how the world works. And lay yourself out for Him to raise you to new life and to write a new story.